This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Monday the 14th of November. In your Squiz today, Ukrainians celebrate a key win, a chat with China, Democrats hang on to the US Senate, and raging with rodents. This is your Squiz today. Siobhan, Ukrainians have been celebrating after the Russian military withdrew from the southern city of Kherson over the weekend. It was the only regional capital city taken by Moscow since the invasion began in February. And there was some scepticism from Ukrainian officials last week when Russia signalled it would be leaving the area. Yeah, that's because some military experts thought Russia may have been setting a trap by pretending to leave. But that doesn't seem to be the case after all, as Russia says 30,000 of its troops have now left the city. But it isn't all good news, as Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky says Russian forces destroyed key infrastructure on their way out, including communications, water, heat and electricity which is really going to leave tens of thousands of citizens who remain in the city at risk, particularly because winter is really starting to kick in now. Yeah, and despite the ongoing impact on those people, the loss of Kherson City is being described by UK defence officials as a humiliation for Russia. But it doesn't mean that Ukrainians more broadly can really relax. No, definitely not. As Ukrainian officials say, the war is far from over. As it's reported, those Russian troops that left Kurzon city have retreated to a new stronghold elsewhere in the Kurzon region, just across the river, in fact. And it's thought that they destroyed all the bridges behind them to make them harder to access. And of course, this isn't the only region where the fighting is ongoing. Zelensky says pro-Russian forces are putting up a much tougher fight in the eastern Donetsk region, where he says it is just hell. And it also seems like Russian President Vladimir Putin isn't keen to face other world leaders. He's decided to skip this week's G20 summit in Bali. Instead, he's sending his foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, in his place. Siobhan, Aussie PM Anthony Albanese has been seen speaking to China's Premier Li Keqiang during the Association of Southeast Asian Nations Summit, and that's better known as ASEAN, in Cambodia over the weekend. And it comes ahead of a potential meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping later this week too. Yeah, it was a pretty casual chat as they walked in, but it could signal bigger things to come. And it suggests there might be a slight thawing of tensions between Australia and China. Foreign Minister Penny Wong got the ball rolling really back in July when she became the first senior Aussie poly to speak to a Chinese counterpart in at least a couple of years. But as you say, what the government is really hoping for is a meeting between Albanese and Xi Jinping. Yeah, and it's still not confirmed whether Albanese will get to speak to Xi at either the G20 summit in Bali or the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation meeting in Thailand this week. But one man who definitely will is US President Joe Biden. He's locked in his first presidential chat with Xi today. 
speaking of the US, Siobhan, Democrats are celebrating after narrowly retaining control of the US Senate in the midterm elections. A key result in the state of Nevada means they hold 50 seats compared to the Republicans' 49. Yes, but there is still one more Senate spot to be decided, and that is in Georgia. Neither candidate from the Democrats or the Republicans got 50% of the vote there last week, so there's going to be a runoff election on the 6th of December. If that results in the major parties ending up with 50 Senate seats each, which is where it was before the midterms, by the way, the Democrats will maintain control with Vice President Kamala Harris having a tie-breaking vote in any deadlocks. Now, that's a huge deal for President Joe Biden because so much of the political agenda is set there, including the appointment of those crucial U.S. Supreme Court judges. And as for the U.S. House of Representatives, the votes are still being counted there, but experts still think a Republican win is likely. Siobhan, Samoa is celebrating after making it into the Rugby League World Cup final. The tournament started almost a month ago in England, and they'll take on Australia in the final next weekend. Take us through why Samoa's victory is such a big deal for them and the sport in general. Well, first, it was an absolutely incredible game. Samoa won 27-26 against the home side of England with an extra-time golden drop goal. So it was really exciting. And second, Samoa is the first Tier 2 nation to ever make it to the final. It's a small island nation that's up against huge rugby league nations like us, New Zealand, France and England. Mm. And now it's through to the final of the World Cup. So good on our Pacific Island neighbour. They've done amazing. They have, but that's where our goodwill ends. (laughs) Samoa plays Australia on Sunday and that'll be in the early hours if you're watching it live from Manchester. As for the Aussie women playing in their World Cup tournament, you'll need to be up early tomorrow morning to catch them. It's 4am Sydney time. They'll be playing their semi-final match against Papua New Guinea. So good luck to them. Our fingers are crossed. A message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. Siobhan, I don't know what you're like on the dance floor, but this comes from a scientific study that has found that rats have a certain tempo of music that they like to bop along to. Okay, first of all, Alice, my dancing is legendary. So let's just get that out of the way. And for the right reasons, I might add. But yes, it seems like rats apparently like the same tempo as us humans prefer. And apparently we know this now because scientists were trying to work out what tempo of music is almost irresistible for us not to nod our head along to. And it turns out for us it's 120 to 140 beats per minute. And it seems the rats agree. They had thought rats would prefer a higher tempo because they have a faster heartbeat, but no. They also liked our rhythmic beats. And I'm pretty sure I've danced in a few clubs where rats were present. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and that beat range that you mentioned is popular with joggers. So if you need an example, think Bad Romance by Lady Gaga or I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. I'm not much of a runner myself, so I got a feeling I wouldn't be able to match the beats per minute <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Squiz the day, Siobhan. It's World Diabetes Day today. So a shout out to all squizzers dealing with that condition. And it's also a happy birthday to King Charles today. He turns 74. Yes, it's his first birthday as monarch and it's his real birthday. So you can expect to see military bands and gun salutes and lots of pomp and ceremony. (laughs) Maybe a bit of a walkabout in London as well, where he'll probably be greeting some well wishes, but (laughs) hopefully none throwing eggs at him like last week. (laughs) He was lucky they missed then, that's for sure. (laughs) And that's it for us today. We hope you have a great start to the week. We'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when uh, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.